Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to 32 Fans. I'm Alex Chester. With me, as always, is Wheels Wienerker. Uh, Wheels, Chag Sameach. How's it rolling? Yeah, how's it going? It's uh, going pretty good. Uh, our podcast is uh, down one potential guest uh, moving forward. What does that mean? It means Jordan Kalish has uh, received a lifetime ban from the podcast. Oh, but this time he actually really has to be banned, because we banned him last year and then we let him back. All right. Uh, so, yeah, so briefly to review the draft, in last week's podcast, we had Jordan go up against Ben Standig, go up against 32 of our listeners, or I think like 29 or 30, because a couple of people picked twice. Uh, and they, uh, Jordan and Ben were giving their mock drafts, and we would see who had the pick that ended up being the most off. And Jordan had five picks that were further off than any pick by Ben. And the worst of all was Chidobia Woozy, the cornerback out of Colorado, who Jordan saw going 29th to the Packers, a pick that ended up being traded to the Browns, and in any event, Chidobia uh, uh, Wuzi didn't go till 60th at the very end of the second round. 31, 31 spots off. Okay, that's not even so bad. Yeah, it's not terrible. It's, it's better. Yeah, it's better than last year. Uh, you know, Jordan was heavy on the cornerbacks. I'm looking. He had what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I think he had seven cornerbacks taken in the first round, which is a lot. And is uh, is more than we're actually taking. So yeah, so it could have been worse. Well. His team could have drafted safeties in the first round and the second round. Yeah, what are you eating, by the way? Don't worry about it. No, you criticize me for eating um, yeah, while like, recording. I didn't have a big dinner, so I'm kind of hungry. What, what what are you eating now that I've uh, peaked? You've peaked my interest. No, just like a snack. All right. <laughs> Why are you not telling me what it is now? I you're don't making want my kids more. to know. Like, let's say I'm eating their food. What, your kids' me. listeners to the podcast? No, but they might hear me through the wall or something. I don't know. Oh, they're, they're not at some kind of Yamats <laughs> celebration. They, they are. They just they just left. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, do you have any other hot takes about the draft? Uh, the Vikings obviously they got Delvin Cook uh, in the second round, who was you know most people thought would go in the top fifteen or so or top twenty. So that was, that was pretty good for them, I guess. Um, you know, I'm not exactly sure what their plan is in the back. They didn't pick Joe honestly. Mixon. That has to be exciting for you. Yeah, at least yeah they picked a running back who is not a criminal, so that's good. Uh, the Jets are like 20 good players. Other than a the quarterback, they're like an entire offensive line, an entire you know set of cornerbacks, an entire set of tight ends. They have 35-year-old running backs. Like they, They're so many players away, it's insane. So who cares? Yeah. yeah. And by the way, the, the draft, you know, with all these running backs going uh, fairly early, uh, Fournette, obviously, Christian McCaffrey, who you know might be more of a slot receiver, we'll see, etc. It's just part of the reason why I thought that anybody taking a running back outside the top 10 
in our League of Leagues draft was crazy. Because, like, for example, if you took Latavius Murray on the Vikings, is he the starter now? Is he splitting time with Cook? Who knows, right? He's probably not the starter. Uh, my guess, and again, this is very speculative this early, I would say that Murray, is. Pr- I would have to assume, is better in pass, cover, pass blocking just, you know, because he's got a little bit of experience in the NFL. And he'll probably be the goal line guy because he got, like, 12 touchdowns for Oakland last year. But, yeah, but Cook is clearly the more dynamic guy and has more upside, I would assume. But it's all irrelevant if they don't have an offensive line, so... Right, like I have Jeremy Hill, and the Bengals have Mixon, but like he could be in jail by week one, so I'm not even nervous. Yeah, but even as it is, Jeremy Hill's, you know, at be- Jeremy Hill is to me like a worthless guy in fantasy because, he- all right, his floor is he'll get like 45 yards a week, but his ceiling is like 80 yards a week, right? Because he's splitting right. with Gio. But he gets Bernard. so many touchdowns. Latavius Murray was picked in the league leagues before Gene Carlos Stanton. That's pretty early. Yeah, way too early. Uh, not by me, obviously. So, yeah, so Jordan Kalish, uh, we love you as a listener, but unfortunately uh, you've received a lifetime ban. Now, is there any way to get out of a lifetime ban? Is there anything so. you can do? I can't think of anything. Nothing? <laughs> All right, if, if anybody has a proposal for a way that what Jordan like, buy What if he got us like an A-list guest? Define Who would be our dream guest on the show? <laughs> I don't know. I'm asking you. Like, who would be, I guess Bill Simmons, if we could like talk to Bill Simmons, I think that would probably be, that would probably be their, our biggest get. What would we talk to Bill Simmons about? I don't know. He'd probably and steer the why, conversation towards the Celtics. Why are we talk? I feel like you know, and I feel like it's more likely we could have like Barack Obama as a guest than Bill Simmons. I would rather have Bill Simmons than Barack Obama. <laughs> like I would rather have Bill Simmons than Donald Trump. Like I'd rather have Bill, you know, he's more relevant for this show. Yeah, what's Bill Simmons going to say that he doesn't already say on his podcast? He's going to well, say it would just dumb. be fun to have him. I don't know. We could probably make fun of him. He wouldn't. Yeah. That so well. when I went to his book signing in Boston, uh, you know, when his book of basketball came out. And, you know, everybody started Wait, having just, a chance to chat with him. Just just so, because Chester won't mention this, Chester read Bill Simmons' like 800-page book of basketball and then compiled the list of like 150 errors in the book and had that's, a meeting that's way, with... way, way too low an underestimation. Okay, but the, the story's true. It and was then, the most poorly edited um, and then had a meeting, book I've ever seen. And then had a meeting with Bill Simmons' uh, editor to like go over corrections <laughs> for, for future versions of the book. Do they implement your corrections? I mean, I didn't go through and check each one. But, uh, you know, I did check like a later edition and most of them had been corrected. So I assume they had. I'm sure I, I'm sure I wasn't the only one. It's just it boggles the mind. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you weren't poorly... the only one who read the book yeah. and met with the publisher to help fix the book. <laughs> but it was the most poorly edited. Again, major. Well, it wasn't edited. Nothing. Ever... He like when he it was, was, it was, it was a joke. An editor. But, and yeah. his defense in his in like the foreword for the updated version is, oh, yeah, we had to get this out so quickly. Like really, get, really, this was like a time sensitive book. Ranking like all time NBA. No, like, I think it, you do want to release it like playoff time or a very specific part of the year. I, I get it. What? No, it was. But he had been working a, on this a for normal book years. like that would he be could like, have waited and have like a he year. could have waited another year then if it's a timing issue. Yeah, but I mean that's Aaron, a lot of Aaron money. Gleeman, my favorite Twins blogger, podcaster, etc., uh, editor in chief of Baseball Prospectus. Now, so he finished a book on the Twins like a year ago, and he explained on his podcast the reason it has been published is they're waiting for the Twins to become slightly more relevant, you know, <laughs> to publish it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're you know they finished the month of April above five hundred, so that's good. But uh, I don't think they're going to be publishing it anytime soon. Mm-hmm. By the way, well, you mentioned League of Leagues. Uh, Noah Syndergaard, uh, a, a big, a big, uh, big injury to uh, the first place Chester Cancer team. Oh, I feel terrible. Your team has like 14 <laughs> strikeouts per nine innings, and your ERA is literally a point and a half better than the second place ERA team. So Yeah, because Irvin Santana, so we're riding him hard. Irvin Santana has been the best pitcher in the American League since the All-Star break last year. Yeah, I'm sure that's going to last forever. Well, I mean, it's been lasting for a while. Uh, you're, as a Mets fan, can you tell me, will Syndergaard pitch again this season? 
Yeah, he'll pitch again. It's not. It, it, I was looking at um, a stat of like how many days the players with that injury have missed. Very common, like 46, 47. There's a bunch of people in that. So I'd say he should be back at the very latest. By right? the All-Star break? break? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So we can uh, try and survive that one. What else? Uh, anything else we have to discuss? Um, we talk about Bill Simmons. Should we talk about the ESPN layoffs? I know we both yeah, have a lot of Yeah, let's let's talk that. about ESPN. I know you had rankings for like the biggest layoffs. You don't have to like really rank everybody. You could talk about like people you care about that got fired. That was before and that was before I heard Mark Stein got laid off. He's probably the one I'm most upset about. Yeah, now. Mark Stein is a big one. The thing with these guys is a lot of it was probably that they were people who were there for 20 years. They're on a bigger contract than maybe the person of their stature should be on because, you know, you just get at the very least, like the minor one or two percent raise every year, and then you sign a new deal. But in hindsight, like ESPN's the only place to go outside of you know Fox Sports could have one or two people. None of the types of people like the Joe Posnanskis or the Rob Nyers or any of those people who go to Fox Sports or Yahoo ever last there because those places are always like figuring stuff out. They only have room for one or two people. So ESPN really has a monopoly. Like there used to be a rumor that like ESPN paid their sports center anchors very little. But they should actually pay them less than whatever they're paying them because there's really no competition if you want to work in sports. Well, so hold on. Let's take a step back because I don't know if, if, if people are all as obsessed about this as we are. Mm-hmm. Right? So basically, you know, the way that – and, you know, obviously you and I know this, but I don't know if most people do. Like I was trying to talk to a friend of mine over Shabbos and he didn't know any of this stuff. Uh, you know, the way that ESPN makes their money is that – in America, for cable TV, you cannot pick the channels you want. You have to buy an entire package, a bundle, and you pay, you know, 100 bucks a month or whatever you pay for the 80 channels or however many you want in, in your bundle. And the ne- and Comcast or whoever you get your cable from, they in turn make payments to the channels in order to include them in their bundle. And the amount that they pay ESPN is dramatically higher than any other channel on the network. It's like 5 or $6 per subscriber, something like that, whereas others are you know, $0.10, cents, $0.20. Cents. So every single person who subscribes to cable, whether they always watch ESPN or never watch, is paying 5 or 6 bucks a month for ESPN, basically. And very simply, ESPN has spent billions of dollars to be able to have the rights to show all live sports, which is the only thing it's worth, you know, it's, it's useful for at this day and age, right? Because nobody cares about sports center anymore. Like, right. in the age of the internet, the, the only thing you need it for is live sports. You're not watching it for their, for sports center or any of their take shows, really. Um, but the problem is that you have all these cord cutters and people are basically figuring out, especially people of our generation, that you can watch TV without having a cable subscription. And so fewer people have cable subscriptions, which means that ESPN is collecting less money because they have less customers. And that's the very simple only reason why they're losing money. And so, like, for example, like, there's all these idiotic takes about, like, ESPN's politics. And the thing that nobody's pointed out that annoys me is, so, like, some people on the right who think that all the media is left-wing, except for, like, right-wing media. So they think, oh, ESPN's too liberal, and it's their liberal politics that's making them suffer. Or, like, some idiots in Boston said, oh, it's because of deflate gate coverage. Like, I would argue, if anything, that ESPN has suffered, like, I would guess that more liberal Left of center people have hurt ESPN than right of center. In other words, well, I don't think that's ESPN. true, but I, I ESPN well, isn't on. that well, left wing. No, no, no. Well, what, what I'm saying is, who is more likely to be a cord cutter? Somebody who's a Trump voter or somebody? Oh, who's I a hear Trump what you're voter? saying. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. So, in, in other words, that most of the people who have who are not who are not paying ESPN as subscribers anymore are left wing, not right wing. Right. I don't There's even nobody... think it's, I, that's it's not even worth discussing left wing versus right wing because it's neither yeah. of them. The idea it's that ESPN's idiot- left wing yeah, is idiotic. insane. Name like three, you know, like Bernie supporters at ESPN. I can't. Yeah. Did you like if you read like the Deadspin article before the election? Who were voting for? Obviously, none of the, none of their forty or fifty writers said Trump. Only one of them said they like Hillary. 
Like a site like that, that's like, you know, everyone is like dirtbag left. Everyone is super far left. ESPN has zero of those people. It's in, like if that's too far left for you, then go away. Like that's insane. Yeah. But 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 Deadspin did make a point. Like they had letters to the editor of De- or letters to Deadspin of, pe- of right wing people complaining about sort of you know too many minorities on ESPN, etc. And what Deadspin simply did in response to each of those letters said, "Hey, can I ask you? Did you do you subscribe to ESPN?" And every single one of them responded and said yes. So in other words, the people who claim that ESPN is too left wing, they're still subscribing to ESPN. So and it doesn't matter what ESPN's ratings are. Ratings are irrelevant. What matters is the number of subscribers. And all the people who are Trump supporters are still subscribing to it. So. Um, yeah, so politics has nothing to do with it. But the other annoying part is because, again, what they've lost billions of dollars over is the massive costs that they pay the NFL and Major League Baseball, et cetera, et cetera. So firing these guys has no influence on the bottom line whatsoever. I mean, how much money is Mark Stein making a year? 300000 400000 yeah, at the most? they fired 100 guys who are all making okay. six figures. The total amount of that is still literally nothing I know, for a but company that but, size. But you still it's have purely to like... performative. It's purely symbolic. It's yeah. to make a statement to shareholders, oh, look, we're trying to tighten the belt. Right. The only way to tighten the belt is to not, you know, overpay for, you know, right. the NFL. the NBA. Play. Well, the NBA yeah. is the real overpay. Well, yeah, but well, they're overpaying for all of them, really. Right. I mean, Baseball I, I, will I, probably go down next time, especially if there's not I think, a I think they, they overbid the next bidder by, like, 20 or 25%, I heard somewhere. So they're massively overpaying, and that's billions of dollars a year. You know, you'd have to fire everybody in, in Bristol to even come close to that. Right. So so that's why it's sad, because guys like Jason Stark and, and Mark Stein are getting fired really for no reason. It in no way will save the company money to fire those people and replace them with, you know, fresh out of college guys who make $50,000 a year. Right. That has no By the way, they should have no, – I, I wasn't rooting for anybody to get fired. But, like, they should have fired someone, like, really unpopular, and then that sort of would have changed the narrative. Like, if they fired Darren Ravel. Then people would have been like, "All right, they let go of like the." You know. Well, they fired who? They, they fired like Danny Cannell. They fired a couple like sports talk idiots. Right. They fired um, pe- some people. You're right. Uh, there I was only they, one person I saw who I saw like, "Oh yeah, that person stinks," and, and should have been fired years ago. But I won't name her. Um, yeah, you're not a big the, fan of hers. But again, but she, how much money was she making? Yeah, at most a hundred thousand um, dollars. The uh, any other big names like Chad Ford, but he also had like a weird plagiarism scandal a couple years ago, like. And he and he's that's not even his full time job, so that's not like a big deal. He's yeah, but Chad Ford has was such a helpful niche, and that's like a lot of these guys. Like Ethan Sherwood Strauss is like their Warriors reporter. Why are you firing him right like during the playoffs? Like, right. I mean, I guess you his... just fire you get a you know a cheaper one. But they could have waited. Like, so a couple of my friends thought, oh, maybe they were going to fire Mel Kiper right after the draft, and I don't think they would because Mel Kiper is such a brand name. Yeah, I don't if think anything... it wouldn't shock me if they fired Kiper or McShay, but then Kiper's much older. Well, that was his argument, that they're both doing the same thing, and so why do you need two of them? But Right, and they don't like know. each other, so they're like constantly going at each other. <laughs> well, but I think that's what makes it interesting, right? Um, I don't know. It's just annoying, you know, not that I hope anybody gets loses their job, obviously, but like a Matthew Berry, for example, will never get fired because I'm sure he gets more clicks on his articles than just about anybody on the site. Mm-hmm. But and, and I click on Matthew Berry articles much more frequently than I click on Mark Stein articles. But let me be clear, it has zero to do with any of Matthew Berry's self-described funny stories or interesting you know there's one reason i click on it which is i quickly scroll through to see his rankings for the week right i, I don't read the article right, I just but look fantasy at the names. sports didn't really get hit if you think about it also the nfl like they, they that's have what i'm saying because they have a beat sports... writer for all 32 nfl teams and maybe like one of them got fired at the very beginning of, of the whole thing but 
they, but you that's know, what I'm saying. Fantasy is such a high click rate, but yeah, it's not because of the personalities. The they could fire Matthew Barry and replace him with a monkey, and I'd click it just as much. Yeah, but I, he's popular. I, I don't, I don't think it's a good argument. Plus, I, some of these guys I, are like, if someone's on again, the contract, like I agree with you. But is he popular because figures? of him or because of fantasy football? I listen to his well, podcast I mean, also. No, there's not because of him. Guys who do what he d- does at ESPN, like, do you prefer the other ones? I have no. I mean, yes, I do because they don't give their idiotic stories. Okay. I just want fantasy information, right? I just want to know, you know, who's a good play this week, who's a bad play this week, et cetera. Who's injured? Who's healthy? I, I don't need to hear any of Matthew Barry's inanities about you. All know. right, but other other people disagree. Um, anyway, you should also send them your SAT story. <laughs> I'm still waiting for the letter from the rabbi, by the way. I oh, you might not be able to take the SATs? That could be, uh, that could well, be bad. No, my deadline is May 9th to uh, submit my application. So I, I texted the rabbi today. I said, uh, you know, just a reminder, I need that letter this week. I've, I'm sure he's got nothing better to do than your <laughs> fancy The funny thing is, in the same week, I asked him to be um, one of my references for an application for like a, <laughs> for this fellowship I'm applying for. So at the same time that I'm asking for something serious, I'm, you know, so I said to him, I said, I'm sure that you will not mention this SAT thing if they call you as a reference. <laughs> uh, and hopefully uh, none of my podcast listeners will uh, be called as references either for that same reason. Oh, can I? Can, why don't you list me? I will. I'll give him the scoop. <laughs> I look forward to his funeral. I'll hit on his wife. <laughs> no, I'll I'll say uh, only nice things. <laughs> How would I describe you? Podcast co-host. All right. So what else? So we 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 uh, reviewed the draft. We reviewed all the ESPN firings. I told you I wanted to talk about TV. What do you think about that? Yeah, uh, tell, talk to me about TV. All right. So you know, I um I was on a three week vacation, so I was way behind on TV. I've caught up on most of the things on the DVR. There's basically two shows that I want to watch or would watch that I have not really watched the last several episodes of. One of them is Last Week Tonight just because I'm, like, fatigued of, like, Trump stuff. Like, you know, I, John Oliver's entertaining and informative, but, like, uh, I feel like it's just depressing, you know. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on that? And then the other one is Gorilla, a new show on Showtime. Do you know anything about that? It's like No, Sala. I've never heard of it. It's Gorilla. I assume it's G-U-E, Gorilla. Yeah, so it's a show set in London in 1971. And it's about, I think, like, um, like you know, I'm already out. 1971 in London, like my brain just shut off. Oh, see, it could be I about love like the forming of the Wienerker family. I'm not watching it because <laughs> I love period uh, shows. And basically, my number one show, and I guess spoiler, but I'll just get to it. My number one show of 2017 so far is Billions. I love Billions this season. I think it's okay. been fantastic. And because I've been in Showtime, so I've sort of noticed the other Showtime show. So Gorilla is the next one which I want to watch. And then they have a new show coming this summer called I'm Dying Up Here. Which is sort of like about like uh, stand-up comedians. Oh, it's Jim Carrey's show. I think it's Jim, Jim Carrey's show. He's not in it. Is he like a producer of it or something? Uh, he, it's his show. Yeah, I don't think he's in. Oh, it. oh, okay. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, know about it looked that. really bad. I think I saw a trailer that did not look good. Yeah, but basically, you know, so we are one third of the way through the year, and if you wanted to know my my TV at the third mark of 2017, I have my top 25 TV shows of the year. Uh, what's what's your number one TV show of 2017 so far? I don't know. I really liked Review, but it was only three episodes. Yeah, I have Review at number 11 on my list. Um, you know, three episodes. It ended well, but it's done. So, Yeah. Are you watching The Leftovers? Nope. Are you? I'm behind on it, but you, if you can't watch 25 shows this year and not, not watch The Leftovers. Well, I've never watched The Leftovers. So. Well, so, you want me to tell you my shows? Yeah, give me your whole top 25. I'm waiting with bated breath. From bottom to top or top to bottom? Well, go from 25 to 1. All right. Uh, the bottom is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I'm out on it. I've quit it. I'm done officially. Sorry, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Sorry. Uh, next, next is the Americans. Uh, you know, and, uh, Do you watch Making I, History, by the way? Is that on your list? Making History? 
It's uh, don't it's, you like Adam Pally? Yeah, he's okay. Yeah, he has a show. It's very good. Okay, I'll add it to my maybe list. The Americans. I'm also done on the Americans. Sorry, it's just it's the same. Nothing ever happens. Uh, so I'm done. Are on they the like Americans. still under high, like in hiding? Like people don't know they're spies still. Spoiler alert. Yeah, Shut but, this up. But, but, whatever. It's I, I'm two seasons behind on the Americans, and the fact that like I've been seeding reviews about this season, like nothing changes. So I decided I'm out on the Americans. Um, okay. So those two shows uh, are I officially no longer watch. So they have gotten uh, the uh, the uh, the the kibosh on them. Now uh, moving on, shows I continue to watch. American Dad. You know, it's fine. It does what it's supposed to do. Family Guy, same thing. Modern Family, again, chugging along. It's very background television. Um, Shark Tank, same thing. Roast Battle, uh, we discussed earlier in the year. Highly Questionable, the Dan Lepitard show on ESPN. We've discussed that before. He made fun of me for that. Last Week Tonight, I have a placeholder here since I actually haven't seen the last like six episodes, but uh, Last Week Tonight would be here. Workaholics, is, uh, I think they're done, right? They just had their series finale, but they were oh, pretty good. Uh, Tosh.0 next. Again, this is all background TV still. Saturday Night Live. Uh, Man Seeking Woman, which is uh, pretty good. That's done but, too. Uh, yeah. Uh, better Call Saul. So Better Call Saul, I moved way up actually. This season is so far the better season mm-hmm. of it than the previous two seasons. But the reason I still have Better Call Saul down here at number 12 is the Michael McKean scenes. And you watch Better Call Saul, right? I, I saw the first season. I don't still watch oh. it. Okay. The Michael McKean character, storyline, scenes unwatchable michael mckean is terrible michael mckean is so bad that in curb your enthusiasm the mere sight of him forced larry david to move to new york to escape him right yeah that was the whole like reason why larry moved to new york for that season like season eight season nine whatever it was My, uh, those i mean it's just I, I can't stand michael mckean he's so annoying the the character's annoying he's obnoxious he's it just so i hate that the more we see of mike urban trout the better obviously now we're starting to see some you know no, i won't say any spoilers for people who aren't watching and plan to watch but we're starting to see some more famous characters from the Breaking Bad uh, world coming into uh, Better Call Saul. And again, the other problem is that because it's a, pre, it's a prequel, we know that none of the characters are going to die or ha- you know, have anything significant happen to them because we're seeing them in Breaking Bad. So it, re- it removes sort of some of... My problem with the Americans is I was two seasons behind and I knew they would never get caught or killed because you know, they're still on the show in 2017. Yeah. And it's kind of the same problem with Better Call Saul. Like, it's a beautifully uh, filmed show, for sure, but... The Michael McKe- McKean scenes really drag, and there's sort of a, a not a lot of drama. So, but it's better. Th- this is their best season so far. So I have them up to number twelve on my list. Uh, then we have review. Then we have girls. I don't know if we discussed girls, but I thought girls ended uh, really strongly. Uh, I don't like girls really, but number ten on my list. This is the highest I've ever had girls for for a season. Yeah, I actually like the finale. I like the last three episodes. Yeah. yeah, I mean the idea that the idea that H would have the baby is ridiculous. The idea that she would get a job as a professor at a university is insane and impossible obviously uh, the idea that Allison Williams would basically become her living nanny also it makes no sense so it was like preposterous but it was well done Elijah became a star this season I'm a big fan of Elijah he's probably the best character on the show yeah yeah any other girls takes uh no all right um all right so number eight on my list or three four five six seven, eight nine number nine on my list sorry I'm off one is a uh, veep veep is also um much like Better Call Saul, I like Veep, but think it's overrated by other people. Um, you know, the problem is that, like, now, real Washington is even in, more insane than Veep, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> Veep had, like, a former Major League Baseball umpire as the Republican uh, presidential candidate, and that was, like, absurd. And then Donald Trump went and became our real president. So it's like, Veep has, like, it's such an uphill climb because they were dealing in, like, unreality, and then reality trumped unreality. Mm-hmm. Uh, no pun intended. But do you watch Veep? 
I've seen it. I've seen f- the first bunch of seasons, but I stopped you're not, watching it. Oh, you're not even, yeah, you don't like Armando Inucci, because In the Loop, his movie is way better than Veep. Uh, mm-hmm. And you haven't even seen that, even though I begged you to. And I think I ordered you to, but uh, you never watched it. Uh, next, I have Brockmire. Have we discussed Brockmire in the podcast? No, I. but I like Brockmire. It's a really good show. Yeah. Amanda Pete obviously, is married to uh, Benioff from uh, Game of Thrones, which is kind of insane. Right? What about that, though? What does that have to do with the show? I mean, she's like the co-star of the show. Right. And uh, I Hank Azaria, he's good. Yeah. I've, all, yeah. I've always loved Hank Azaria. Hank Azaria had a show where he was like a shrink a few years ago. Um, I'm trying to remember what that show was. But um, do you know what I'm talking about? No. Hank Azaria had a show. Let me see if I can find it on his website here. Um, Huff. 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 Yeah. Was it Huff? Yeah, sounds like Huff. Yeah, I like that show. I'm just I like Hank Azaria in general, so um, I'm excited to see where Brock uh, where Brockmire goes. Uh, they're done for the season, right? Um, Brockmire is it done? I'm not sure. Yeah, I thought yeah, well, their their season they had eight episodes a season, and I that's think it. Done. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, it's always sunny. Is next. Uh, sunny had probably their best season in like four or five years. Yeah, really good season. The problem is it comes and goes so quickly. It's on TV from like January till February, then it's gone. It's every show nowadays. Yeah, but um, it, but it's really good. Um, they had a few uh, great throwback episodes. Next on my list is another show I think you're not watching yet, Fargo. Fargo off to another great start. In Again, three. saw the first season. You know, I had no problem. Same thing with Fargo, with Veep, with Better Call Saul. Really liked all those shows. I just, at a certain point, I my philosophy is I should only, like, have to watch a show. Like, if I, I shouldn't, like, eh, watch a show. You know, if it, if a yeah. show doesn't really interest me, I'm, I'm just not going to watch it because there's only so much time in the day. Yeah, but... But Fargo is each season is so independent. Each season has nothing to do with the previous. I understand. That's why it's easier to let it go. Yeah. If there was like a great cliffhanger, I'd have to watch it. Yeah. So I I liked season one more than season two. Season three is off to a great start. Season two had a little bit you know too much fantastical stuff for me. Uh, there are ten the... shows on there at least that like I watch at least once. You know, Homeland. Yeah. Uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Well, Homeland Last became Man on Earth. Yeah. I mean, everyone stopped watching Homeland, but like all those shows that I watched at least one yeah. season of, in some cases a bunch, yeah. and then quit. Yeah. Uh, what else? Um, so Stranger Things I have next on this list. I know that's a 2016 show, but I saw it after doing my 2016 rankings based on the uh, the strong advice and endorsements. Do you have any? Do listeners. you have any interest in 13 Reasons Why or no? What's 13 Reasons Why? No, it's like the big Netflix show now, but it's like a teen drama. Uh, so then no. Okay. Oh, by the way, not on this list. I forgot to put on this list was uh, Riverdale. Yeah, I'm not still. Again, I'm not still watching Riverdale. <laughs> yeah, neither was I. But I watched like most of the seasons. So oh, you know what? I, put... I would probably watch the season one finale just to see where it's up to. Like, the difference yeah. between Riverdale and all the other shows is I have a very strong attachment to the characters because I was yeah. such a big RG <laughs> Comics fan for so long yeah. that, like, I even did check a few weeks ago on Wikipedia, like, all right, what are they doing now? Yeah. I, <laughs> if they stayed closer to canon of the show, I would be more likely to watch it. Like, there's instead no of canon. Going nothing, there's no canon. Nothing happens in the in the current comics. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. if they stayed, you know, I would, I would, I would put it on this list between American Dad and the Americans, I guess. Because it's a show I stopped, so it can't you know be above American Dad. But I liked it more than uh, The Americans and uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. So yeah, so that's where I'll put Riverdale. So Stranger Things I have at number five, Crashing at number four. Big fan of Pete Holmes. Big fan of Crashing. I'm looking forward to. Oh, I love Crashing. Yeah. Um, you know, it was it was a little unfocused. Like, are we talking? You know, like Lauren Lapkus is here, and it was almost like, who do we have? You know, who's available this week? Is Artie available? Is Lauren Lapkus available? Do we have a big guest star like Sarah Silverman? Um, but it was a really good show, and I'm looking forward to season two. Yeah, I didn't love how the season ended. I thought that it was a little, it was a little too ridiculous, right? Well, they they just made the pastor a very unsympathetic guy. Yeah, 
And, you know, I can't speak for that specific pastor, but I assume that most pastors, you know, like most members of most clergy are well-intentioned, honorable people. Um, You know, there's a reason why Pete Holmes spent most of his life up until, at least in the show, up until, you know, the current, you know, what he's filming right now, being religious. And Mm -hmm. they make this pastor just such a clown, honestly. And, you know, like he's so petty and it just, you know, the way he's sort of talking trash about Pete Holmes and spreading uh, gossip about him when they're praying together. So that part annoyed me a little bit. I thought that they should have been a little more respectful of how they portrayed uh, Pete Holmes' formerly religious life. But Mm -hmm. what do I know? Um, Number three, Silicon Valley. uh, Best show on HBO by far. Yeah. Um, Another show I watched like the first season of and I I would totally like it, but. I Some parts of it are ridiculous, like the way that, you know, again, trying to avoid spoilers, but the way that um, he just gave up his entire role in the company that he founded without holding on to any financial interest in it, you know, is dumb, but whatever. Um, all right, number two, shot, shot way, way high. I just saw all four episodes of the new season in the last, like, two days, and I had this just in terms of a placeholder. I had it around 15, and I shot up to number two because this is its best season ever, is Archer. Archer unbelievable i would say that the krieger reveal in episode four in this past week's episode is the best moment on tv yet this year and is the best non you think anybody knows what you're talking about with krieger reveal if you watch archer what we found out about krieger in episode four who krieger is everybody who watches archer does yeah you're saying this like it's a familiar person like it's part of the cultural lexicon. what we found out about archer about krieger in this week's episode is the best is the best non-game of thrones moment of television maybe this decade so good so good um, this Last is a show trigger. okay so first of all I love the movie LA Confidential when we did our movie rankings last year I had it really high I love noir I love you know LA in the 1940s and just what Archer blows every single other you know animated TV show out of the water because they show like when you're animated you have no limits and why not do this every season of Archer is a completely different show and this season is a completely different show from every other season basically at the end of last season Archer was shot and so now he's in a coma. And so the entire new season, it's actually called Archer Dreamland. The entire season takes place in his mind, in his dreams, where he is a PI in L.A. in 1947. So the whole show takes place in Los Angeles in 1947. So it's got like an L.A. Confidential vibe, but it's also very funny. It also has you know references and throwbacks to previous seasons. You, if you know the characters, you'll love it. But I think you could watch the season from scratch without having seen the previous seasons. You wouldn't appreciate it as much, but I think you'd still really enjoy it. I just love it. Again, I absolutely love what we learned about Krieger. Uh, try not to to spoil it in case anybody will watch. But if you know who Krieger's been for seven seasons of the show or however many seasons there's been, and all of a sudden to discover that Krieger's actually like totally the reverse, mm-hmm. he went from like purely whatever. It's so good. It's so good. I really like it. Are you ever going to watch a show or no? I mean, Archer, uh, listen, if the day ever turns to 36 hours, I'd need at least 10 more hours to nap, and then I'd use the other two hours to watch TV for sure. So, yeah, I would at that point. So do you want me to tell you the Krieger thing? And I can edit it. No, I I already Googled it. (laughs) But nobody cares. Um, Wait, so you Googled it, you found out his background? Yeah. That he's not not what we thought. He's actually the opposite. Oh, it just says he's... uh, It says he's... Oh, my God. You're ruining everything. Basically, he's been like a... Again, up until season eight, the show's taking place in like the 2000s, right? So is he literally... But this is a dream, so it's not even true. Well, this but, pretend well, what do you mean? person. None of the show's true. Though it's a pretend show. 
Yeah. And then why should the, we care about any of it? Okay, so you don't like fiction in general then? You only yeah, like reality I'm TV? Yeah, I only like, that's why I like reality TV. I don't like fiction. Okay. But in the world of the show, where we're taking everything for granted, it's 1947, so everybody's like a former, you know, has just returned from the war, was a soldier two years ago, and they're talking about what they did and what did Archer do with the war, and what did the white characters do in the war, what did the black characters do in the war, you know, there's racism in the military, et cetera. I'm going to edit all this out, but it's so good. It was so sad. I'm trying to think of like a better satisfaction. I guess in Game of Thrones when um, when Ramsay Bolton got so killed. So the only satisfaction you could think of is television stuff. <laughs> well, real life is very unsatisfying right now, at least politics is. In real, real life, I'm about to buy a house. So that's that's exciting, obviously. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then we get to the number one show on TV this year, Billions. Uh, I, lo- I love Billions. I love season one. Season two is a thousand times better than season one. Giamatti's great. Uh, the guy from Homeland, what's his name with the red hair? Uh, I have no idea. Uh, Whatever it is. It, it's dude. so good. It's such a good show. Damien Lewis, I think is his name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Billions is such a good show. Everybody should watch it. I don't know why it doesn't get as much more attention. Uh, I, I think because it's on Showtime. If it was on HBO, I'm sure it would have like, you know, 10 times more, uh, you know, sort of pop culture relevance. But... Uh, you don't watch any of these shows, so you have no opinions of any of these shows. Yeah, no. Um, you watch a lot of TV, I guess, is my main opinion. Yeah, what are you watching in 2017? I'm watching MTV's The Challenge. It's great, oh, as always. So, so good. Making history, I really like. I started 13 Reasons Why, but wasn't doing it for me. Uh, I'm watching Survivor, uh, Monday Night Raw. Um, I, there's some Netflix shows I'm excited that are coming in the next week or two. There's a bunch of stand-up specials that look good. Um, oh, I've seen every stand-up special on on, on Netflix. Netflix, also. yeah. Th- this month, it's they have a bunch of big ones. They have, I think, Sarah Silverman who hasn't done one in like a decade, and um, yeah. they also the have Louis C- uh, the Louis C.K. The- one. I saw his I saw his show in Madison Square Garden, oh, which that. is. But yeah. here's the thing. So I saw it. I don't remember the details, but I had pulled an all-nighter at work the night before, and I was also really sick. And my wife was like super pregnant and had like restless legs and couldn't even sit. And so we were both like miserable, but because we had bought the tickets so far, like months in advance, we just decided we're going to go anyways. And so I could not stay awake. I was literally passing out. We had to stand in the back because Jen couldn't sit. Um, So we were like in like where they have like the wheelchairs, like the disabled section, basically. Um, It was like such a miserable experience. And so I was watching it on Netflix and my wife was actually there. She's like, oh, we've heard this. We've heard this. We've heard this. And I'm like, no, we haven't. And I just realized like I had no recollection of the show, basically. So it's actually good because you were literally at the show that's that's taped. Well, I don't or know. That's not but from I mean, the garden. I'm saying, is that the garden one or no? No, but it's it's, it's the same stand up set. It's you know that's yeah. yeah. Um, as, so Netflix has a couple interesting things coming. They have Master Nun season two, which I think is going to take place in Italy and maybe Japan. That's exciting. Oh, when's and, that coming out? I saw Aziz Ansari's on the cover of New York Magazine. This yeah, week. I'd read that article already. Uh, he he says like there might not be a season three. Um. And that he's doing a movie first, so it could be years. I mean, it took like two years for this season to come out. Yeah, uh, and then there's uh, it's okay. Sort of it's not that great. The new making a murder. Um, the first episode, by the way, of of, uh, of Master None, he said, is in black and white and Italian. Um, the uh, the new making a murder, which is like so he's some, trying to like copy like The Godfather. I don't know. The new making yeah. a murder is uh, it's a uh, it's about a nun that gets killed in Baltimore. That's going to be a big thing. That's coming out in like a week or two, also on on Netflix. It's literally called Making a Murder too. No, no, no. It's just going to be the next one. Uh, okay. So I'll get into that, I guess. All right. I mean, do we have anything else to so, say? Yeah, some breaking news. We were talking about like why they fired Chad Ford and Mark Stein. And so this had been reported, and I even saw it last week, but I forgot about it, the, uh, that Woj from Yahoo was coming over to ESPN. 
So it just got reported during the podcast that he's actually coming over. So that's really probably the reason why they fired Mike St- Mark Stein, who Woj hate. Woj always like he openly mocked like Stein and those guys that he broke so many more scoops than they did. It's interesting. So ESPN is spent because they're obviously paying him more. I mean, he's well. This was decided like a year ago, also. That, yeah, like, but he's getting paid been, what a million a year, probably something like that. Probably, and he's got teammates coming with him also. Yeah, it's not just him. It's so, probably like Shams, Charania, and all those guys. Yeah, Jonathan no, I mean, Gavoni. They probably fired Ford because that guy Gavoni is is the draft guy. Like they've got a bunch of guys. But, oh, is he an international guy like Ford? I mean, if you do the draft, they have to be an international guy. Oh yeah, I don't. I've never heard of him, so I don't know. Um, the only non-ESPN guy I really follow vis-a-vis NBA or non-ESPN slash non-Bill Simmons world is is Woj. So, um, but he retweets a bunch of the other like Yahoo guy, like the other guys on his team. Obviously, do you have any interest in NFL over unders? They came out after the draft. Yeah, I saw those. You want to? The do Jets have a, no. We don't have to do all of them, but the Jets have some competition for first pick in the draft because they're at five and a half. The Browns are at four. By the way, Jets five and a half. Pound the under so hard on that. I'll tell you my. How about we give a best bet over and a best bet under, and that'll be a, one okay. of our bets. What's well, I, our? I looked at all thirty-two. But. What's our deficit at? I'll send you the. I'll send you the link right now. What's What's our deficit at right now? I don't know. You don't have a chart somewhere. Uh, I gotta go look it up. You don't have how to. Much, um, how much I, money I does two, Akiva owe me? I have let's, two. Let's say seventy dollars. I'm just making Jets at under five and a half because the Jets go five and eleven would be like a huge coup. Like I can't even <laughs> like Hackenberg would have to be a Pro Bowl if they go five and yeah. eleven. I think the and Jaguars the Dolphins, are five and a half. Dolphins over seven and a half. I mean the Dolphins go eight and eight. That's like their that's their like basement this year. Um, yeah, I agree number. with both of those. Uh, the Bears at five, like that's fair because if Trubisky plays, they're going to go. Actually, Glennon's solid enough that maybe they'd go six and ten with him. Um. But uh, did you read Peter King's like article about him at, with the oh my 49ers? God. It's just the ba- the Bears draft is getting worse and worse. It's crazy how bad the Bears draft was. They yeah. weren't even considering Trubisky. It's yeah, it, it's just becoming like comical. How yeah, how so bad, the how the, the, the Jets' main competition for that first pick is the Niners, the Browns, the Bears, uh, and then according to Vegas, the Jaguars, and I guess technically the Bills. Those are the only teams under seven and a half. But yeah, the, 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 the Bills are a little better. The Bills and the Jaguars are, aren't that bad. They're not like yeah. first pick bad, I don't think. Yeah. But obviously the Niners are and the Rams. What's oh, the, what the are Rams. the Vikings at? Seven and a half? No, eight, eight and a half. Very high Eight number, and a half? Honestly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't know. like best bet the low, but I'd certainly bet the low if I had to bet one or the other. Like it's Bradford stays. I mean, they're going to go between seven and nine and ten and six, whatever. At so this point, there's not even a 1% chance that Bridgewater plays a snap this season, right? Well, they don't want him to because if he stays in the pup list the entire year, they roll over his contract to 2018. Right. So, and they've already passed on, which is really depressing, but they already passed on the extension one year at $11 million, which considering the fact that a Glennon gets $14 million, if there's any chance that Bridgewater's me back to himself, obviously it's an absolute no-brainer you do that. So the fact that they turn that down basically means the Vikings don't expect him to ever be healthy again. So that's very sad. Yeah, I, I also like the idea with the Bears that like that John Fox desperately did not want to draft Trubisky, yeah. and now and like and then he <laughs> said he he said he called um um what's his name Jeff Fisher yeah to ask yeah, him advice <laughs> yeah uh, I would I would do that too I would call Jeff Fisher and just like do uh, is that like a troll job I didn't even get why he was saying no that. all the coaches uh, res- really respect Jeff Fisher I'm sure he's going to get hired to like one of the top God. jobs in the league soon like Jeff Fisher it, like people really respect him even though he's an atrocious coach I don't know why. Yeah, um, the yeah, jo- John Fox, like he should have just quit right then when they did that. Or what he should do is start Glennon all sixteen games. And if the front office says you have to start Trubisky, just quit. Yeah, well, people are saying you know this. The Bears GM is like the youngest GM in the sport, and so by 
taking a rookie quarterback, he buys himself, like he said, two bad years, and now he buys himself minimum. They can't fire him this year, right? No right. matter what happens. No, you can't, unless Trubisky is like a one and done, ridiculous, you know. But that's if he possible. like drops out of the league, no. If he's like a man, Manziel was one and done. Yeah, but Manziel had off the field issues. If he didn't have those off the field issues, he'd still be a third string quarterback somewhere. Yeah. Um, well, there's a lot of decent, you know, there's a lot of like big name QBs not on roster right I mean, now. I like mean, Colin Kaepernick, Kaepernick isn't on a roster. Jake Cutler isn't on a I mean, roster. Kaepernick yeah. is so much better than the Jets' three quarterbacks right now, it's bananas. It, like, yeah, it really is. Ka- Kaepernick could come in day one without training camp or this preseason and start week one for the Jets and easily better than Hackenberg, Patty, and But McCann. the problem is, do you want a guy who could drag you to five or six No, months? God forbid, of course. Like, McCagnan yeah. needs the tank. Like, we, the Jets, that's why the Jets drafted two safeties. Like, that, you know, they're good players, but they don't, they're not going to win the Jets games this year. Yeah, yeah. I'm confident that a team with the worst cornerbacks in the league, a terrible offensive line, and the worst QB situation in the league is not going to win games. I'm very confident. <laughs> I'm not worried yeah. about the Jets winning right now. Yeah. All right. Anything else, sir? Are we done with this? When are we doing our takeoff? Is that next uh, week? Next week takeoff? is going to be the hot takeoff. Uh, do you have okay. any takes? you got to get your takes together. I think. Yeah. So how Rob, should we do Rob Sesternino is going to be the host, is going to be the judge. So. Explain how if this he, is going to work. he's up for it, he will be the judge, the host and the judge. Of the hot takeoff. Okay, so we need to explain. So listeners need to email or send no, voicemail. No, it's, it's or... me versus you, and I think they'll oh. do theirs afterwards. Like, the competition's me versus you. But I don't really have any hot takes. Well, if you literally don't have any, we're not doing the hot takeoff. If you can't come up with ten hot takes this week... Oh, God. You have so many hot takes, like, lined up. I mean, you're the one who said Tom Brady would never play again after this season. Yeah, that wasn't good. Yeah. Um. All right, I gotta come up with ten hot takes. You're gonna, ten you're hot gonna takes. out of the water. And then the listeners... Uh. Um, Email those in. What email? What should? What which they email them to? And, and hold on. And how are they being judged? These hot takes. You can the DM them, them to me. My DMs are open. DM them to me, uh, or you can or email my emails. name. Put hot yeah. takes in the subject. Yeah, we bo- it's either one of our names. It's our full name at gmail.com. You can send a voice, like a voice memo. You can send a text. You can send whatever you want. So you're sending us a hot take, and how are we judging these hot takes by the heat, by the hotness of them? Like how bad they are? Like what's I'm not, what's no, the judgment? Well, definitely not how bad they are. I guess I don't know if it's by how, how hot the take is or how good the take is. I'm not sure. Well, I'm saying, but how hot a take is? That I guess means that's how, up to the judge. I'm not sure. The hotter the take, the oh, so we're leaving the judge to determine in his own determination, which will not be we will not be privy to. He will determine the which is the better take, and we don't know what his determination, what his qualification. I guess. Is I mean, I maybe we could decide beforehand. I'm not sure. Well, that's what I'm asking. All right, this is in flux, but we will be having a hot takeoff next week. So if you have any hot takes in life, in sports, in politics, in religion, in, in, in anything, yeah, yeah. if you have a hot take, if you have a take that is hot, that is spicy, that is caliente, that you know causes people to gasp when they hear it, or, or mutter. Caliente? I don't know. If you have a, such a take, send it to us, send it to me, send it to Akiva, tweet it at us, email it to us, carrier pigeon, get it to us, and uh, we will... Uh, because I don't know if my takes are going to be hot enough, so I just might use the listener takes, and I might just do you versus the listeners. Should we do me versus the listeners? If you really don't have any takes, we'll do me versus the listeners. I think that's what we're going to do. If we'll the listeners, me have listeners If I can come up with one or two. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I had more hot takes in 2016, I feel like, than I had in 2017. I only have like eight. I really need to think of like two more like absolute fire takes. All right. Okay. All right. So welcome back to the podcast next week for, or please come back next week for the hot takeoff starring Rob Sesternino. We're just going to advertise it that way. We're going to make sure. it a fait accompli. Well, he hasn't, he, he hasn't committed. <laughs> I'm sure. Exactly. All right. All right, Akiva. Talk to you later. Bye. I read the body count out of the paper. And now it's written all over my face.
Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.